0: One Denver Broncos key receiver couldn't miss Sunday's action against the Pittsburgh Steelers. What are the keys to victory? And we give Broncos fans a little bit of insight into Fan Take Friday, where they provide the take, we break it down, and we analyze it. On today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos. Your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode. Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network. Your team every day from the south stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside by co-host Sarah Benninger. Both of us, we cover the Denver Broncos for the Lockdown NFL Network and Nine News. You can follow us on our social handles, not to mention follow and subscribe and listen to Lockdown Broncos free and available everywhere you get your podcasts. Watch us on YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications so you never miss out on any day's worth of Denver Broncos news, content, and coverage. And thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. Sarah, my friend, look, we are 48 hours away from kickoff for the Denver Broncos, a road test against the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, it's great to see you, my man.
1: Yeah, you too, Cody. And I feel like I say this every week now. We're in week five. I mean, how crazy is this? The season is just Blowing by. So got to enjoy it while we can. I mean, pretty soon in the blink of an eye, it's going to be over. And man, this is this is awesome. A chance at redemption in Pittsburgh after last season, the near Jeff Driscoll comeback game. I mean, I feel it in the air, Cody. I can just feel the the Jeff Driscoll vibes and that that near victory that was almost had last season. I can just feel it coming back. Right now for the Denver Broncos, so we'll see if they can recapture that momentum.
0: Now we're in the end game now, Sarah. There's no turning back. You know, it's full steam ahead, and obviously, these are two different football teams than they were last year at these points. Obviously, respective storylines for each team. But, look, getting us some Broncos news and notes here today, Dalton Reisner, Graham Glasgow, both could play this week. And according to Broncos head coach Vic Fangio, Dalton Reisner has already done some interviews this week and said, hey, I'm going to be ready to play. So that is good news for the Broncos in terms of the offensive injury side of things. Teddy Bridgewater, though, returned to practice on a limited basis. And the— so- and the talk right now is that things are escalating towards him being able to play on Sunday there's a lot of optimism about that internally by the Broncos inside that building so that's a big boost here for the Broncos there
1: I love it and that's great to hear i mean first and foremost Teddy Bridgewater, the human being, of course, you never want to see anybody get a concussion. And so very serious deals. So just the fact that he's getting better, the fact that he's been on the mend, first of first and foremost, I feel like is awesome news. Second of all, the fact that he's progressing well enough to be able to play in this game, to get back out there on the field. We've seen this Denver Broncos offense move the ball exceptionally well with Teddy Bridgewater. There was a time there where, man, anytime that he had the ball, whether it was preseason or regular season, you almost felt like the Broncos were guaranteed to get a score whether it was a field goal or a touchdown so I feel like there's reason to be confident for the Denver Broncos this week against the Pittsburgh Steelers specifically if Teddy Bridgewater can play so great to hear that he's coming back great to hear with Reisner in Glasgow great to hear potentially with Ronald Darby as well on the defensive side so Potentially some reinforcements coming this week, Cody.
0: Yeah, and it'll be good news for the Broncos. And obviously, if Teddy is unable to go barring something last minute, Drew Locke will get the start. And all Broncos fans feel about that, a good portion of them. So, I mean, there is that to consider. But he's been getting also reps to prepare this week as well. So, hopefully that helps out regardless whether or not he plays or doesn't play or if he has to step into a situation there. Not to mention, too, it hasn't been touched on enough. But Jerry Judy, you know, he is uh, he's getting a little closer. As Vic Fangio noted on Wednesday for the Denver Broncos is that Maybe after that week seven, maybe that week eight matchup, we could see him against the Washington football team uh, obviously, on Halloween, what a game that's going to be. Obviously, that's a little bit of ways away now. But, you know, if you're a Broncos fan, you're looking forward to maybe seeing Jerry Judy return. Kind of kind of gets me excited a little bit here, mm-hmm. Sarah. But mm-hmm. the Broncos may be entering Sunday's matchup without a key wide-receiving threat. He's also a tight end. And that's Alberto Kuebunam, who suffered a hamstring injury in practice on Wednesday at the UCL Training Center. And, Sarah, I feel like when we talked about this with uh, Chris Carter, host of Lockdown Series, if you missed the crossover episode, go check out yesterday's episode of the show. We got a game. Game preview that with uh, Steelers host Chris Carter, but What a blow to the yards after catch perceivability that we thought that the Broncos could utilize in this game against the Steelers. If Albert O can't go you have Noah Fent and you have Eric Sauber and obviously you have Andrew Beck there and you may see Sean Beyer have to get called up to the game day roster if in fact this is the case.
1: Absolutely and hey as a Hawkeye guy Sean Beyer getting called up for the game wouldn't be the worst news in my opinion. By the way Cody I just have to quickly quickly touch on this just because you said it and I thought of it. So you said Jerry Judy could be coming back on Halloween. So I feel like one, two, Jerry's coming for you. is is, you know something we got to get ready for in broncos country but absolutely you're you're 100 right on the tight end position needing those reinforcements i would love to see a guy like sean Byer get the call up but the broncos also have andrew beck who can play that position and we talk specifically in guys that deserve more playing time eric Salbert, and i think that would be awesome to see i think that he deserves that opportunity he obviously averaged about 23 snaps in those first games only played eight snaps In the fourth game, and I'm not saying that the Broncos are undefeated when Eric Saubert plays more than 22 snaps, but they are undefeated when he plays more than 22 snaps. So, hey, (laughs) let's just ride with what's been working, right? So, in all seriousness, though, it would be cool to see him get an opportunity, more so as a receiver. We know what he can do as a blocker. He paved the way on a couple of really big runs already this season, especially on that Melvin Gordon 70-yard run way back in week one. Eric Saubert was a key in that. So, let's get this guy some opportunities as a pass catcher. I'm excited to see what he can do.
0: The run game's got to get good. And look, Sabra has contributed on special teams, but now, like I said, we saw him step up in the preseason. He needs more offensive reps and not just the ones where he's going to block one 1,001, release to the flat, catch a ball, and then get up we got to see some downfield shots like we saw against the Seattle Seahawks in the preseason. I'd love to see that with sobs, as Coach Fangio calls them, but Broncos country. <laughs> Coming up here in just a moment, both Sarah and myself, we're going to talk about our keys to victory, what we believe the Denver Broncos must do on Sunday against the Steelers if they want to come out on top against Big Ben and company. Coming up here in just a moment, but before we do that, let me tell you about the sponsor. Today's episode of the show, it's a good friends over there, BetOnline.ag, and week five of NFL action is here. The Broncos are on the road to take on the Steelers, and BetOnline has you covered with everything that you need it's the number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season and with a brand new updated site and interface it makes it easier for you to find the latest odds props and the latest contests and they continue to be the number one source for all things pro football this season betonline.ag and you can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you can use promo code LOCKDOWN. That's going to get you a 50% deposit bonus on your first deposit today at BetOnline.ag. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, you don't have to miss out on all the action for the 2021 season with BetOnline. BetOnline, where the game begins. All right, sir. jumping into our keys to victory on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Just a reminder, this podcast is available free and everywhere you get your podcast, not to mention here on YouTube. And just want to give a shout out to a couple members of Broncos country. They left us some five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. They tell us that they tune in every day. They're always on the trek for work at 6.05 a.m. They say at 6 o'clock, I pull up the podcast. I listen on my way to work. So we appreciate all of you who make Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. It means the world to us. If you could leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, if you haven't done so already, it'll automatically enter you into any future contest giveaway. If you use your Twitter handle, you'll be registered. We're closing in on 5K subscribers on YouTube as well. But Sarah, my friend, keys to victory. And I want to kind of be... I want to be open about this with fans, right? Because we're going to get some Pittsburgh Steelers fans here in the comments. We're going to read. They might watch this episode. These are keys to victory. These are, what, in our opinion, from our analysis standpoint, what the team has to do if they want to come out on top of the win. It's not saying this is what they're going to do. I think that there was a misconception out with a lot of the Baltimore Ravens fans that were here last week when we were talking about what the Broncos had to do against Lamar Jackson. So I wanted to be open here on that. But, Sarah, I'm going to start off with the first key to victory for the Broncos. Look, this is a, a rushing offense by the Pittsburgh. Steelers that is bottom ranked in the NFL. They are 32nd in the league, around 55 yards rushing per game. They're going against the number five ranked rushing defense by the Denver Broncos, who hold teams on average 70.5 yards yards per game on the ground you look at Draymond Jones you look at Shelby Harris you look at uh, you know Mike Purcell in the interior McTelvin Agui maybe might get some playing time Von Miller Malik Reed, guys on the edge these are the guys that are responsible for stopping the run and also disrupting the flow of things here and they have an opportunity against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who just have not been able to run the ball and that's been a big hindrance to them in the last year and a half And and I feel like the Broncos might want to go back to last year's game right at the end of that game Sarah Connor had a big time run. The Broncos just looked like they gave up and that surrendered a lot of yardage. But outside of that, they're not a very good running the football type team. In my opinion, the Broncos can shut down the rush here for the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is ironic because if they could shut down the rush last week against the Ravens, we all thought that they'd be in a position to win this game. So if they shut down the run, they're going to have to be prepared to stop the pass. Obviously with Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, and Pat Fryermuth of the Steelers at the tight end position, man. But in my opinion, I think one of the bigger keys is shutting down the run game for the Steelers, not letting them go off, right? Because this is one of those games I always worry about, the team letting a team that has struggled to do this, to actually do that. So this is a big game for the Broncos defense.
1: I love that key. I think, the, and I think it's spot on as well for me, Cody, a huge key to this game is going to be dictating things offensively. The Denver Broncos simply have not been dictating whether it's the line of scrimmage or or just in terms of we, we can throw it at will. We can run it at will. We can do whatever we want whenever we want. That hasn't been the case, especially early on in games, right? We've seen the Broncos offense sputter. Even in games, they've ultimately ended up dominating they've needed an end of the first half score to really get things going offensively it's been tough sledding in terms of especially first drive touchdowns it's been a long time since the broncos have had an opening drive touchdown so i think that's a key in this game is to get off to a hot start and really allow yourself if that's if that's the right way to put it allow yourself to dictate this game on offense because you need to be able to Let the Pittsburgh Steelers know from the get-go, whenever we need to throw, we're going to throw. Whenever we want to throw, we're going to throw. Whenever we need to run, whenever we want to run, we're going to be able to do those things because we are dictating the terms offensively. Your pass rush, your pass defense, your run defense, that's not going to dictate the terms in this game. Teddy Bridgewater, if he plays, hopefully he plays, and the offense are going to dictate the terms in this game. That's going to be a key to victory. And of course, like you mentioned, Cody, this is not just to say, oh, well, we know the broncos can dictate terms against the pittsburgh steelers as a sign of like disrespect or something i think as as fans or analysts or however you want to paint yourself you listening to this show you can be a fan and be objective about things everybody knows the broncos weren't going 17-0 to start this season but as a fan or an analyst you come at this in terms of hey how can they win this game every single week that's not to say they're going to go 17 and 0 but you got to think like a coach of the team you got to think like a player on the team those people want to go 17 and zero. they know they're not going to but every single week they put a game plan in place to figure out ways that they can win that's what Cody and I do that's what we want to help you to do as well as the fan listening
0: yeah and we always want to encourage fans don't get so caught up in all the hot take BS that a lot of people are peddling like let's look at the game for what it is and there's so many different factors here and obviously we're going to talk about that in fan take Friday which is going to be coming up here in just a moment but for the Broncos here and Sarah I like what you said about have the Broncos offense dictate things which don't allow Allow the defense to set the terms early on for you, right? I, I think that's been the identity for this Broncos team for the last five years is that the defense will come out and they'll do their job. They did that last week against the Ravens. The first three series that the Ravens had punt, 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 and it was quick, and the Broncos' defense was efficient, and then all of a sudden, the offense couldn't do anything with that. They scored one touchdown in four in the first four drives against the Ravens' defense, and they missed out on so many opportunities. That right there, it puts a lot of pressure on your defense just in general, so for the offense to come out and say, hey, look, you know what, defense, we've got your back this time. We're going to go on the road. We're going to pound the rock. We're going to run all over these guys, and we're going to have an opportunity. When we take shots downfield, we're going to capitalize on it. You have to have that mentality, and I feel like the Broncos have just allowed, even in the last couple the games, when you look at it, it seems like they've allowed other teams to kind of set the tone, you know, for their offense, right? So the defense that the Broncos are going against has really kind of set the tone for maybe how the game is going to go and the Broncos have adjusted. That's what we talk about attributing to like the end of the first half touchdown scores that the Broncos have had so far through the first four weeks of the season. Not acceptable as the schedule gets tougher. Steelers this week, Raiders next week, it just gets tougher. The Browns in you know, three weeks from now. It is going to be a brutal stretch here for Denver, and they must dictate, they must set the tone. And what better way to do that, Sarah? Run the dang ball. If you can stop the run for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and if you can cover the pass this week, which you know, you know that Ben Roethlisberger can throw it, he will throw it. You can't overlook the fact that he's getting older. He's struggling a little bit. This is the perfect game for him to come out and air it up. And you know who he's going to go after for a snap? It's going to be Patrick Sertan. He went after Michael O'Jamudia last year. So they're going to go after Sertan this week with Chase Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster. You have to be ready for that. But you have to dictate the pace in this matchup, Sarah. And I think those are very, very big keys to victory in Broncos country. What keys to victory do you have or do you think that the Broncos absolutely must do if they're going to go on the road and go to 4-1 and one on the season by beating the Steelers? Let us know in the comment section down below, but coming up here in just a moment, Sarah and I, we're going to get in a fan take Friday where we include Broncos fans. they get going to send in a take about the game or something they like to see. Sarah and I, we're going to analyze it. We're going to break it down and we're going to see if it's realistic or not coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about the sponsor. Today's episode of the show. It's a good friend over there at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. And Sarah, I'm excited today because I had just ordered a brand new box of churro puff Built Bars. It's the limited time flavor this week over there at Built.com. And I just checked the mail. And it's coming this week, my notification in my email, it is going to be in my mailbox today. So you know what that means, I'm going to enjoy a nice churro puff, Bilt Bar. Not to mention, Built Bar has nine other amazing flavors, including the occasional limited-time flavor. They have a box and a flavor for everybody. You can get a mixed box of 18, or you can get a box of one flavor, all sent to your doorstep. It's also the healthiest protein bar for you on the market. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar. It's a combination of healthy and dessert in one package so make sure you get your hands on a box of built bar today by going to built.com when you go to built.com make sure you use promo code lock 15 at checkout and that's going to get you 15% off your next order once again promo code lock 15 is going to get you 15% off your next order at built.com Jumping into the fourth quarter action, today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Just a reminder, this podcast is available. You can watch it on your smartphone, your TV, your computer, your tablet, whatever you watch things on. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications so you never miss out on all the coverage we have here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. But we're introducing something new here. It's called Fan Take Friday. We ask Broncos countries to send in their take that they have about a specific game. We go through, we look at it, we break it down at its roots, we see whether or not it's realistic, and we maybe even challenge it a little bit here on the show. So, Sarah, I'm excited about this, my man, and we're going to start things off right here with Johnny Teixeira. He says, the take is going to be that the Steelers don't touch 100 yards of total offense. He says that I am confident that we take away the run early on, and Ben cannot physically throw over five yards. I would be shocked and disappointed if they score more than 10 points. Now, I will say that it is very ambitious because I saw Ben Roethlisberger yeah, last week throw a 40-yard pass. So I don't know if the the five-yard pass uh, is there. He can still sling it. And I think that's Mm -hmm. one thing that could get if the Broncos are looking into that narrative that they're seeing out there, if they're watching and say, okay, he can't throw the way he used to. He's going to catch him slipping because how many times have mm-hmm. we seen a matchup with Ben Roethlisberger? Remember the playoffs back in 2015? They're like, he can't yeah. throw the ball downfield. First play of the game, he throws it 60 yards. To, you know, obviously, uh, uh, God, what was the wide receiver's name? Martavis Bryant. And it was yeah. incomplete, but it sailed over him by another five to 10 yards. So. I, and i don't buy that narrative you can't overlook this on big ben
1: look and big ben's got to be thinking man the denver broncos that's that's one of the teams that i can just launch you know rockets against how how long was the chase claypool touchdown last season how long was the juju smith i believe juju smith schuster had a 98 or 99 yard touchdown against the broncos in denver a couple years ago and then obviously chase claypool burned michael Ojemudia, which I thought it was offensive pass interference. Oh, it was. That's neither here nor there anymore. So. But long pass plays nonetheless. So Ben Roethlisberger's got to be thinking, man, a matchup against the Denver Broncos, I got the opportunity to just launch it. And the Broncos have been susceptible to the big play this season in every game. They've given up big passing plays in every game against the Giants. Darius Slate, first drive of the game. Against the Jaguars, Marvin Marvin Jones Jr., down the right sideline, beginning of the game. Against the Jets, we had a number of big plays that actually were dropped. Um, and, And then, of course you know, against the Baltimore Ravens, big passing plays that they connected on. They were really the difference in the game. So I feel like that's, you know, very ambitious, but I like it, man. How cool would it be to hold the Steelers offense to under 100 yards? That would be uh, an incredible feat considering they've got nearly 100 yards on a single play in one of their most recent games against the Broncos. So I would definitely take that, Cody, but I don't know. That is that's big time, bold prediction status.
0: Yeah, that's very ambitious because look, the Broncos, they held the Jets' offense to a total of 162 yards and they dominated that game. So this would have to be utter domination from the onset. It's very, very hard to limit an NFL team to 100 yards, but, you know, maybe something along the lines if the Broncos can hold the Steelers' offense to under 200 total yards of offense, because think about it, they're the 32nd ranked rushing offense in the league, averaging 55 yards per game on the ground. That is not very good, but they get a majority of their yards through the air. And so if you can limit those big plays, that, look, you're not going to against a running quarterback this week that, you know, in an offense that can run the football on you, you have to play the pass this week. You have to respect it. So it's very ambitious. Uh, you know, you'd like to see it, but, you know, we'll see if it comes to fruition. And Johnny, if it does, man, we're going to give you a massive shout out here on the podcast. So uh, uh, we like that. But the next one comes in from at C-A-N-U-H-N-D-I on Twitter and saying Vic Fangio actually being a head coach and not just thinking of his next defensive series. Really, something has to change there. There is a struggling offense with potential that could help the defense out. And, and, Sarah, here's my thing. What is Vic Fangio going to do to fix the offense? I mean, what's he going to say to Pat are like, hey, this is what needs to happen? I feel like we get so caught up, especially when a team is losing. Everyone says, well, Vic Fangio, is all, all he does is focus on the defense. Well, he's a defensive-minded head coach. Kyle Shanahan for the 49ers, he's an offensive-minded head coach that has zero input on the defense. If something's not working, he talks with the defensive coordinator. But that's why these head coaches that specialize in one area, they hire other people. If the head coach was responsible for just offense, defense, and special teams, they'd be calling everything themselves, and you don't see that. So I feel like this is a little bit of a reach here when it comes to Vic Fangio. He's done a phenomenal job with the defense. And you know what? One thing that he could do better, obviously, is the time management part. No one's disputing that. And I think that the one thing I would like to see from Vic when it comes to the offense— or special teams on this play. We're not punting it to that guy. So make sure we punt it out of bounds. We're not kicking it to this guy, kick it in the back of the end zone or on the offensive side of the ball. Pat, look, it's fourth and one here. I'm going for it. I want you to go for it. What play do we have? Those are the things that we've seen him do so far this season. Couldn't do it against Baltimore last week. So I, what do you think about this?
1: I'm a hundred percent with you on this, Cody, you know, in, if you're in any form of leadership whatsoever, the number 1 rule of leadership is delegation. You know, you don't want to be the leader that does everything. And so Vic Fangio of course is setting the example in that by having multiple former NFL head coaches. We're not just talking about some some guys who have maybe called plays at the college level or we're not talking about guys that were position coaches that got elevated to a role. We're talking about Mike Munchak and, and Pat Shermer as former NFL head coaches. And, and that's a big deal. When you're talking about this kind of thing, you gotta be able to trust guys that are former NFL head coaches with offensive coordinator and offensive line roles. Curtis Modkins, I believe, was a, an offensive coordinator himself. So the running backs coach has been an offensive coordinator. Zach Azani, the wide receivers coach, has been a passing game coordinator at the college level in the past. You've got guys on the offensive side of the ball that that can do their job well enough. So Vic Fangio, to me, doesn't need to meddle in that side of the ball. He was hired for the for the sole purpose of the fact that he can create a dominant defensive scheme in the modern NFL, which is very rare. And I think he still does a great job of that on a week to week basis. I've gotten called out a lot this week for not liking Vic Fangio, which is just flat out wrong. I love Vic Fangio. I don't necessarily agree with his take on the Ravens, but man, as far as meddling in the offense, I think that, that he's done a good job of that by saying, look, these guys are trustworthy. It's two former head coaches. It's a former passing game coordinator, offensive coordinator. It's this, it's that, it's the other. I think obviously Vic, Vic has probably overdue for a change in the special teams coordinator department, um, but that's that's not even the question. It's about the offense. And I think Vic has done a, the, the job that he needs to with the offense look in terms of fourth down conversions. He went forward on multiple fourth down plays in that week one victory over the Giants that nobody thought he would do in a regular season game. And, and they're on the same page about being aggressive like that when the opportunity presents itself. I agree with you in the fact that he needs to be a little bit more cognizant during time management situations. There was an opportunity in this Ravens game before the Broncos got the ball back and Teddy Bridgewater ultimately got a concussion where he let the clock bleed down under two minutes and then you get the ball back and you try to you try to run a a two-minute drill with way less time than you otherwise would have had and of course you've got the timeouts on your side at that point so there's two sides to every coin but to me you want to preserve as much time as you possibly can and let your offense spike the ball if need be you might sacrifice a down at least you're not sacrificing seconds off the clock so there's some areas where i definitely differ with vic fangio in terms of when i'm watching the game in real time and and I would make certain decisions but he he obviously has been around football for ever, for twice as long as I've been alive, probably. So I think it's it's fair to say that Vic Fangio knows more than me. At the same time, I think in the moment, there are, are situations where he could do better.
0: Absolutely, and I think that's that could be said for anybody, even John Harrow, even Sean McVay. I mean, it applies to everybody, but you know, obviously when a team is losing or if they've lost a game, it gets amplified even more. I can tell you this. I used to be a head coach there, and I was a defensive-minded head coach. You know what I told my offensive coordinator? I said, hey, go for it, right? Or I said, hey, we shouldn't go for it here. Let's punt the football away. I'm not going to tell an offense coordinator who specializes and knows these are the concepts we're running. We're doing this. I'm not going to tell him, hey, you need to call this play because, as you mentioned, delegation is key. If you don't have delegation, you have a dictatorship, and I don't think that anybody wants that for the Denver Broncos. So, great points there, Sarah, my friend, in Broncos country. Obviously, thank you for your contributions to Fan Take Friday. You want to be in on the action next week, just send us a tweet. Be sure to look out for the prompt on Twitter, at Cody NFL at Sarah Beninger at Lockdown Broncos. But with that said, that will conclude today's episode of the podcast. Once again, Broncos Country, just want to say thank you so much for tuning into the show, making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. It would mean the world to both Sarah and myself and Broncos Country. If you have not yet already subscribed or followed the podcast, please do so already. Go to Apple Podcasts if you have not done so already. Leave us a five-star review if you love listening to the show. Leave your Twitter handle in that review and you'll be automatically entered into any contest giveaway that we do in the future here at Lockdown Broncos. We have a Jersey contest giveaway coming up shortly once we hit 5K on YouTube. We're just about 120 away from that. So thank you so much for your support, Broncos Country. we we'll have you covered all week long. Not to mention, we got to cover for the post game report following the Broncos and Steelers action on Sunday. Can't wait for a Broncos Country. See you then.